You're listening to Soul Friend Radio. I'm your host, Gaia Woods. How long should I wait to call her? What's the best way to end a casual relationship? How can I tell the person I'm dating that I'm sexually inexperienced? What to do if you're a sexually submissive type married to another sexually inexperienced? Should I break up? Yeah, is it okay to flirt with your How do I tell my neighbors that they're having loud How many hours or days of no response is considered ghosting? So today I'm headed to DomCon, which is the BDSM convention. I'm headed there right now. I'm actually driving. And it's the BDSM convention put on by Mistress Cyan. And it is held at the Hilton at LAX, the LAX Hilton, never been, about to go. So I was supposed to actually go with a friend and explore with him. Unfortunately, my friend Garrett, hey Garrett, got caught up he is still at the renaissance pleasure fair which also sounds amazing and so unfortunately he's not going to be going around with me so i'm going to just go and explore on my own and see who i can find to talk to and just check it out so let's see what i find My name's Ellie. Hi, Ellie. You look amazing, by the way. Do you want to describe to people, because it is a radio show, do you want to describe to people a little bit about what you're wearing? Sure. Um, I'm wearing knee-high black stockings and a black skirt. With beautiful little white bows. Oh, with, yeah, I can't forget the white bows. Um, a corset and a, I don't know what exactly to call this, a corset top or... Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what this be called and well, I guess and fishnets nice too buckle, there's like a buckle thing over your sort of bodice area and then the fishnet kind of underneath is really nice yeah, yeah. looks great yeah. Well, thank you and then so you got to perform with what is this a baton it's a contact staff okay um, so I spin it around um, usually I do fire but obviously yeah. that's not allowed in here sure. so I've just got my plastic uh, one just for indoor use wow very cool I did not yeah. win but it's all about having fun it's all about having yeah. fun yeah well thank you for your time and for introducing yourself and talking about your wardrobe it's a pleasure to have you come visit and check us yeah. out Depending on what you're in, into, I know one of us has an answer. Okay, so does anybody have a question out there for one of our mistresses? Don't anybody show up at once. Yeah. <laughs> we take smart-ass questions, too. Yeah. Yes, we do. We love them. 
What is the best way to approach a pro dom or a dom in general? What is the best way to make that first contact? That is an excellent first question. He wants to know how is the best way to make that first contract with either a professional dominatrix or a lifestyle dominatrix. I know for me, respect speaks volumes. If you can write me a proper letter, we will talk. Uh, for me, say hello. That kind of works. Um, Try to get to know me. Like, you know, hello, Goddess Moon, it's nice to meet you. How are you doing? Those kind of things work. Just trying to, you know, get to know the person. And then we'll go from there. For me, it's not so much about what you don't say. Um, it's about how you say it. Just approach with courtesy and respect. And don't anticipate or have an expectation that anything is going to go beyond a hello. Um, and if you really want it to go beyond a hello, you can just make yourself available and say, I am here for you if you need anything, whatever that looks like to you. And other than that, have a great night and move on your way. And chances are I'll look at you again. Um, for me, it's to offer assistance. Um, if I'm having, if you see that I'm having a difficulty carrying a bag or I'm in scene and I need a glass of water, offering something kind is, it really goes a long, long way. And not to copy anything else that's already said, I would say don't come up to me and try to cat call or holla at me. Um, <laughs> You won't get very far. I prefer a proper, not necessarily a proper gentleman, but I prefer somebody to come up with me that is actually articulate, um, that will speak in actual basic English, and try to actually, like Goddess Moon said, say hello, get to know you. Don't come over and act like this is about to be a hookup, because this is not what this is about. It's not a hookup. This is, you need service, and you are hoping that I'll give it to you. So be respectful, and then we will go from there. Oh, great information. I know that the respect part and, you know, just coming up and saying hello and offering help does mean a whole lot to a dominant. I know that, you know, when somebody, after I've seen with them, and the first thing they want to do is get me water, I'm like, oh my God, that is so sweet. But no, sit down, aftercare first. And, um, and they obey me, and then I allow them to get me water. But, you know, I like to take care of them as well. It is a mutual relationship. All right, do we have any more questions out there? Anybody? Like I said, we take questions. Just ask questions. There is no stupid questions. Ask questions. Yes, PJ. What do you look for in a submissive male or female that wants to become part of your daily life? That's a really good question. She wants to know what we look for in a submissive slave or somebody who wants to serve us in a daily basis. You know, like from a day-to-day thing. Um, for me, when I take somebody on, um, we establish a daily mantra. And first part of discipline is establishing to send that to me every day at a certain time so we can start building the relationship. 
you know, once we have established that you know, we can go, we can take it to the next step and add more responsibilities. It's all going to be what they want to offer. If they're willing to put the work in for me, I will work with them. You know, because like you mentioned, it means the world to me when somebody carries my heavy rope bag. You know, that thing weighs a ton, and after I've done six scenes that night, I, I could use a little help. So we, we look for that aspect of somebody who's willing to give of themselves, but also take personal responsibility, you know, which means they're able to take care of themselves and then provide service for you as well. I'm looking for somebody who wants to serve without expectation of anything in return. That's what I'm looking for. Because if you have that, you get so much more. What am I looking for? Um, I've been lucky enough to be served by many different um, personalities and opinion, I guess. For me, it's not so much what I'm looking for. I can accept many people for what they are. What I'm not looking for, I think, is more relevant for me personally, because there's hard limits that I have. I love smart-ass little brats. However, if you mock me or blatantly disrespectful in any fashion to me, my friends, sanctuary, my house, we're done. I've got nothing left for you. Um, I, I can move in any direction, by and large any direction, um, as long as there's that respect for me and mine. You know, what I expect is what I expect from myself to be useful. Be useful to my community, to be useful to my friends, and I expect that from somebody else. Be of use in some way. Um, it's it's laziness that really gets gets my. I mean, everybody can be useful. I don't care people with disability. You can be useful. You just need to find that. And if if even if it's being asked hey, can you pick up that piece of trash? If you are above that, then that's, that's, a, that's a really hard limit. I want, I want somebody around that's gonna be useful and, and be willing to be useful. So I am uh, in a lot of respect the same way. Um, I don't ask for anybody that's going to be in service to me to do something I'm not willing to do myself. Um, I feel that that is very unfair because as a pro-dom for myself personally, I like to set the example. So if I'm willing to do it, obviously I want you to be able to do it because that's what I expect. That's what I do on my daily life. You should be able to do what I do on a daily basis. Um, if I cannot physically or for whatever reason not do something, but I know that I could do it on a normal day, then yes, I would expect that you'd be able to help me pull that little bit of leverage and try to get that done on a day-to-day -day account. I'm blessed and lucky that my uh, my submissive is also my partner. So on times where I'm hurting or my, my bones ache or my arthritis is flaring up or something like that, she'll take and do everything that I would normally do. It sucks because I'm a very independent person. But... At the same time, I have to remember that she's not doing it because I'm feeble. She's doing it because she loves me and she wants to serve. She wants to do this. 
She wanted to earn her collar, which she just got a month ago, and I think she's around the corner. So she just got her collar a month ago, so she's definitely earned it uh, from my surgeries and things of that nature. So um, not every dom, unfortunately, gets to have that good connection with the person below them. Uh, it's, uh, it's a one in a million shot to find the person that serves you properly. You can search for 20 years and never find the right submissive or a person to serve you. Um, some of us have been blessed more than others. Uh, some of us have partnerships where we've been best friends and we love each other in a different way that's platonic or otherwise. Um, as some of us on this board, we're all sisters, so we all kind of support each other mutually and it's not service, but we kind of serve each other in an equal capacity because we love each other. So, but that's my answer. All great information. Rai, you had a question? Yes, I was wondering your thoughts about sharing, specifically submissives that have multiple dominance, slaves that have multiple masters. You know, there's a common phrase that a, that a slave cannot serve two masters. I haven't heard much of the, that a submissive cannot serve two dominance. And then what goes on between the dominance in those situations? That's an excellent question, because I do run into situations like that. Uh, there was a young lady in, in San Diego, and we always found it fascinating. She was sharing three doms, and everybody was happy. <laughs> and, and it was... A, you know I think it has a lot to do with you know if people are poly friendly or if they're more on the monogamous side you know some people are not capable of sharing you know, but just knowing that, I mean, knowing who you are is really the most important thing. And, you know, I mean, it's okay to acknowledge that you're monogamous. But Polly is ever so much more fun. I'm always the more the merrier, you know? Well, it can be. Can, can I follow up for a second? Absolutely. Um, so lots of times, you know, there's all kinds of polyamory. There's so many kinds. But, but historically, it seems like there's been a lot of master with many slaves, not necessarily slave with many masters. Right? It tends to be one-sided. So poly-sub versus poly-dom. Right. I'm against that. I feel like if you're going to be poly, you should be poly, but then everybody can consent to it, so it's messy. Like, it can be. So you find that in, um, in especially in dungeon life, uh, where you have somebody who's serving the dungeon and there's a lot of us tops around that are telling people what to do because it needs to be done. So, I mean, it's absolutely, it's absolutely possible. And I think sometimes beneficial for that bottom, especially if they're service oriented or especially if they are um, so full of, of what they want to give. Uh, the, the, the service or even their bodies the the fact is is that they get the benefit of all of all of us going hey we need somebody to do this this class hey we need we need this and the benefit really is I mean it comes out in spades but you get to 
to come out and, and serve an event or you get to come out and be the bottom for one of our one of our presentations or be a part of a panel such as this, there there's there's a huge amount of offering in return for that. So I don't think that anybody really suffers for that, you know. I think the way that I look at it is um, we're all busy. We all got our own lives to live and shit we gotta do. And if you are within the the purview of willing to have someone have their needs met and you understand that you can't be everything to this one person because if I have a submissive and I'm, you know, I've got my life. I've got my vanilla life. I've got my kink life. I've got my pro life. I've got my educator life. I've got this I'm doing, that I'm doing. I might not need you all the time, but you need to be in service. And my sister goes, dude, I got this to do, this to do. I got laundry that needs to be done, the car needs to be washed, blah, 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 and I don't have time. And I'm like, I'm out of town for the next two weeks. You, you need help? And my person, I know I'm gonna be leaving and they're gonna be, ah, what do I do? My person's like, go help my sister. She needs you. That person's getting what they need. I'm serving them by making sure they're fulfilled and she's giving the help she needs. So it is possible for one sub to have many doms because those doms might not need them all the time. And why have them sitting there waiting? So um, for me, I do subscribe to the um, theory that you cannot have many masters. You can only have one. Um, I personally, it's me. Um, I don't dictate anybody's kink. Um, e even if you're my submissive or my slave, it's just like, honestly, at the end of the day, you're a human being and you have your needs. I know who I am. And I know that if I am your person, your end of the day person, I will not be contradicted in so much as I think you contradict me. With that said, if I am not that person that is that end all be all, I am very open. Live your life. You want to go play? Go play. You want to go fuck? Go fuck. Honesty. Transparency. This is how I do poly. I, can, I should be able to have an open dialogue. I hooked up with somebody. There was bubbles and Learjets. Yes, it's a thing. Bubbles and Learjets. Never, I will never, ever, ever forget it. But in the next day, there was a, there was a conversation that I had with uh, three different people. This is what I did. I protected myself, but I did what I did. And other people have come to me and said, oh my God, I went to XYZ and the things, and the next thing I know, there were Hitachis and da da da, and bubbles, their version of bubbles and Learjets. And that's absolutely fine, as long as there's honesty. Don't let me get blindsided by somebody say, oh my God, did you see what so and so X? Oh, hell no. Let me know. Even if I don't like it, I appreciate the truth. So I recently actually ran into this uh, type of situation, and I'm okay with um, 
the understanding that I cannot be the end-all be-all because we're all individuals so we all have our own niche and our own specialties our own things that we will do and won't do um, from subs and doms just individualized you do have those hard limits that you cannot do well there are those certain individuals sometimes that you know their hard limits are not your hard limits and vice versa so it is okay to go out and get sessions from some other body you know type of thing I know there's been a couple of times in the past where I've had somebody underneath me, they couldn't be in service or anything like that, and they were going to sanctuary, they were going to an event, I would call Moon, say, hey, by the way, X, Y, and Z is coming up. Do you need somebody to be in service? Will it help you? And she'll say yes, and I say, okay, I'm gonna give this person distinct instructions they're gonna be under you for the night. They are your responsibility. They are not under me for that time being. However, the caveat is, I'm the primary. So if I get a bad report from Moon or any of my sisters, that's your ass when you get back to me. But on the flip side of that though, that's okay. There are different types of polydom and polysub relationships and there is the, you know, you can have the ones where there's the primary dom and you get loaned out to fulfill the needs that your specific dom cannot fulfill. Or for poly subs, I mean, hell, a lot of us, we have a lot of needs. We can't expect one sub to fill all of our fucking needs. Like me, I have fetishes that for some people is too much. Um, I have a blood fetish. That's not for everybody. I have like one or two individuals that will actually bottom for me to get my blood feed. That's not everybody that will do that though. So it's okay for that to happen. It's, I think, more common for poly sub than it is for poly dom, like you were saying. Poly doms are very rare from what I see because we get very territorial. And like, if you're my sub, you're my fucking sub we get very territorial about them going to somebody else. And then like Mia was saying, worrying about somebody else contradicting what you were taught or what you're teaching, what you're telling them to do. Because let's say they go to that person and they have whatever kind of connection and they cater to that individual more and then they come back and they want to contradict you. Now everything you taught is out the window. Now you're starting from square one. So that's not good. So I feel like you were saying, like, I think communication's a huge deal. That's like my biggest thing with anybody that's ever under me is it, there has to be a lot of communication. If you're going to do anything that's polyesque in nature, anything, whether it's personal relationship, remote, romantic relationship, or DSMS relationship. So there's always got to have that open communication, make sure that everybody understands, make sure that there's also time for processing because if you can't process, then you hit a brick wall and you can't go any further. I just want to add a, add a point. Um, the multiple uh, doms to one sub, you, you see it on the conference floor a lot. I mean, you're going to see that a huge amount. Um, I think that they're kind of blessed that there's <laughs> so many tops willing to to give them the things that they need. Um, I, I see, I see the fact that you may need service, but be too tired to 
give them play. And I ran into that last night where I'm like, I have an extra little extra energy and nobody to play with. And and my my partner said, I got something for you and went and found me somebody to play with. And they'd been in service to all of us that night being being uh, doing dungeon work all night. So we can be greedy and it's okay for us to be greedy as long as we we express that to each other. Wonderful answers. I know that I am big on honesty. I can work with anything if you tell me the truth. I get approached by uh, property a lot wanting to play with me because they want to be suspended. My first question to them is, who is your dom? What is your protocol? Mostly because I just think the respect of anybody's dynamic, no matter what it is, needs to be the first thing addressed. I do not want to play with somebody's property if I have not got permission from their owner. You know, but... I mean, really, just speaking up and being honest solves the majority of most issues in any relationship. Now, getting people ready to, you know, accept being honest, because that's not easy for everybody. Sometimes it hurts to have to be honest about something, especially if it's something you're slightly embarrassed about and really aren't sure it's something you can change. Well, you won't know that until you sit down and talk to somebody about it. Communication, honesty, just about any problem can be solved if you're willing to sit down and work on a solution. That's another one. I was going to say, talking to yourself and being honest with yourself, uh, the one of the biggest things I used to always teach is self-evaluation. Uh, self-recollection, things of that nature. Um, a lot of people have a hard time of getting to the root of all their issues and processing. We always stay on surface, because surface is comfortable. Being vulnerable is not. And it's normal nature to not want to be vulnerable and acknowledge where you basically fucked up, where you might be hurting, um, and issues you may have. So if you can ever acknowledge who you are as an individual and your mistakes and your needs and the root of the problems, then you can grow. And a lot of people don't do that because it is extremely hard to be honest with yourself because I've told people before, in normal conversation in any general circle, it's 10% truth, 90% bullshit. Except this stage. Okay. Um, and it's very rare that you'll find that one individual who isn't coloring the conversation, who's actually being completely honest with you, telling you the exact truth from their heart, and this is them, this is it, this is the whole nine. Um, and it's not easy, but that's from both sides of the spectrum. Dom and sub alone, uh, alike have to be able to do that, because until that happens, then I also have a, a, a saying in my house where it's broken cannot fix broken. So if you're a broken individual in one, it doesn't matter what area, if you are a broken individual in any kind of respect, then how are you supposed to help the other person? You can't. There's no way you can because eventually you're going to get to a point where you're going to hit a wall because that's the spot where you are actually broken and you cannot progress past that. And that person may be expecting you to go past that wall and you cannot because now we have to stop and focus on your problem and fix your shit. So if we have to do that, then... Everything that we've done before that probably is meaningless. So you have to be able to self-evaluate and be honest with yourself before you can expect to serve and be honest with somebody else.
I'm all about different theories. I like theories. See, I have just a slightly different theory on that. I mean, what we do together is one thing true, and if you're broken, true, and I can help you walk that road. But quite honestly, that is up to you as an individual. That is up to me to go to counseling or to seek out that which will help nourish and make me a better human being, more whole. Because I, even if I put the hole in you, I will work with you, but I will never work harder. Exactly. I will not. Because you, at the end of the day, have to be responsible for yourself. I am responsible for the human that I am in this world, no matter how many people I have above me, under me, around me. At the end of the day, no matter where I go, I am still there. Yep. So I have to be aware of what I'm putting into this world, and if I'm putting toxicity into this world, then I need to remove myself and clear that up before I can do anything for you, for someone else, for sanctuary, for whatever that looks like. You are absolutely in charge of your mental health, your personal space, and you need to take ownership of that. I will walk that road with you, but that is your road. It is your road. Just wanted to clarify what broken means. Broken. Especially for a person. Okay, so broken can be, it, it's different for everybody, right? Broken can be severe for somebody, but for somebody else it can be something mild. So broken can be anything. Um, it is individualized, it's to you as an individual, what broken could mean to you. What broken means to me might be different than what it means to Goddess V, Goddess Moon, Miss Cassie, or Miss, Mistress Mia. Um, broken is based on your conditioning as an individual, um, because everybody is different. Something that might be hard for me to get through may not be so hard for you to get through, or vice versa. Um, so it could be something as simple as I had an abusive relationship where uh, certain things from that relationship have carried on and s something as simple as the tone of your voice or the way you posture or something like that triggers me. Well, I'm broken in that respect. I would be broken in that respect because now I can't let go of something that has been traumatic to me. And if I can't get through that, then I won't be able to progress in something that is similar to that respect further in my future. So that's broken for my respect. There are other people who have had DS relationships, MS relationships, where maybe that person just didn't respect them in a certain manner, or maybe they forced them. And maybe that person was new. Uh, maybe they had a very bad introduction to the lifestyle. Well, sometimes people just don't know better, right? If you're brand new coming in as a submissive to a dom who knows just enough to be dangerous, well, you had a bad introduction. Well, not every dom is that way, but you don't know that. So you're broken from that respect, and now everybody that you meet afterwards, you go in a little bit gun-shy. And so... It takes time, and you have to be patient with these people. But that also comes down to, like she was saying earlier, honesty. You have to be honest. I was telling that person, hey, look, I've been through this. I need to let you know about this. So hopefully we can negotiate and try to make this work. Um, because if you don't let us know, and you've had trauma, we can't fix it. We can't, I don't want to say fix it, fix it's a bad word. We can't adjust as necessary 
Thank you. That's a better word. Girl, this hasn't kicked in yet. So, but we can't adjust as necessary because let me, let's say you have some kind of trigger or tra trauma experience that comes to a dragon's tongue or a dragon's tail. Well, that's a toy I love to use. And let's say we're playing and you're warmed up and you're really into it. All of a sudden I break it out and I hit you one strike across the back and you break down. I don't know what to do now because you went from zero to 60 back down to below zero. And I don't know what just happened. I know you might've had a sub drop, but I don't know what happened. That's what broken means. Broken means you hit something so sensitive in a person's psyche that they just can't get past it until somebody adjusts, what? Okay, or she has a different version of broken. Everybody has a different version of broken, but that's, so broken for me is that. So we're gonna go to Goddess V and we'll work our way down. I, I go on, I mean, there's a lot of emotional broken. There's a lot of, of, of you know, mentally broken, but I go physically broken. Like, I am physically broken. Um, I've had to adjust how I respond to the world because I'm physically broken. But I think it still goes back to if you're not willing to work on your broken. Um, I'm still willing to work past where my broken is to get to where you're at. Um, if I am unable to reach that level, we find a mutual ground or we part ways or we find places like I can't do this particular thing that, that you enjoy. Let me find somebody that can find that. And if that means you go gravitate that way, then that's great. If that means that enriches our relationship because now I have somebody, I've, in, I've increased my, my place of play then it's kind of a, it goes to that mutual, the subs, many, many tops for one sub. So, I mean, broken can work to your benefit, but you have to be Smart aware time. of that. You have she to. She hasn't cashed in on her fucking ticket yet, so I've been lucky. But, you know, I mean, I think it enriches all of our relationships if we're willing to be communicative about it. If we're willing to say, yeah, I can, I can. I can get to this point, but I can't get to that point. What can we do about it? We have to communicate. Well, absolutely. I know every day personally I set a positive tone for the day. I am still a human being. I am a work in progress. Um, I am still working on not saying the word asshole when I drive on the 405. <laughs> I'm down to about three assholes per drive. <laughs> it's not always easy, you know, um, but I mean, it's something that I personally work on because, you know, I'm sure they're lovely people. They're just a dick behind the wheel, man. <laughs> but everybody's got a different kind of broken. And I do remember that when I'm driving on the road. Well, baby, you don't know what their damage is. You, you really don't. It's like, resist resist that urge to run your car up into theirs. You remind me of the Tourette's girl from Deuce Bigelow. But no, I'm even working on stuff from years ago. Because, you 
you know, I've been in the lifestyle a long time, and I had some interesting DS relationships. And um, I'm actually at the point where I have made amends, you know, now that it's in hindsight. And now I can actually remember, yes, there were good times. It's only the bad times at the end that soured it. And once I finally work through that, I'm on the other side and I can make amends and give forgiveness. But, you know, that is not something that's easy to do. You know, but I, I will share my knowledge with people and help them because one of the hardest things to do is to set a new habit. And I spent about six months, you know, every day coming up with a prayer until I came up with something that sets my positive tone every day. And I never forget to do that. So there's a lot of ways to deal with broken. For me, um, based on my life and everything that I've ever done and worked with and people I, I, you know, I'm around, for me, broken means there is some point in you that is unable to navigate a normal situation. Doesn't matter if it's the physical, because trust me, I'm physically broken too. Um, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual. There is something that is unable to navigate the norm. And when you find it, you have to acknowledge it. You have to acknowledge, okay, this isn't how it's always been, or okay, I didn't realize that this was even here. Or, you know, okay, here's something new that I have to deal with. And you take it in, you realize it, you accept it. Acceptance is important because with acceptance, there is change. And once you accept it, like the fact that, you know, I've been out of work and on medical leave for the last three months. This is my first time out and about. And uh, trust me, I want to, to do all of the things. We won't let you. Hey, y'all can all say that I did not let myself. I, I acknowledge and I recognized I am not in a place where I can, where I could do DomCon like I always do. And I sat and I had conversations with myself and with those I needed to in that this is what this is going to look like for me. I'm going to need help. To like help in navigating a way so you can be who you need or want to be with it? Or do you want to ignore it? If you want to ignore it, there are consequences, and I need to let you know what those consequences are up front so we're all clear. Because if this is going to be an issue, I might not be able to be on this journey with you. So let's just get that clear. But if you want help in navigating or moving past it, I will walk that journey with you. I will help you along the way, the path, finding what you need and everything else. 
But as soon as I'm doing more work than you, I'm done. So if I remember correctly, the question was broken, right? We're like our... What does it mean? What it means to me. So to me, what broken means is beautiful. Broken means that you've lived a life. Broken means that you've taken chances, that you've been vulnerable. Broken means that someone fucked you over and you survived. Broken comes in so many different shades, colors, looks, ups, downs, and in-betweens. Broken is me. Broken is everyone on this panel, and by and large, everyone here. I'm only fractured. Bitch, please. Bitch, please. <laughs> the difference between being broken and charging your own life, I think that's that, that for me is the difference. Broken, I love broken. I love broken. I, I'd love to walk with you on that journey. I'm fine with it. I was broken for years. I lived in a bubble for the better part of 30 years in my broken because I was unable to look at my demons that were pretty fucking gnarly. And now I look at my demons, I'll look at your demons, I'll help you look at your demons, I'll help you turn around, I'll play peekaboo with you. If that helps you, I don't mind. Broken is beautiful to me. And um, for those that are struggling with the broken, it's okay. We fucking all are. Well, actually, we've been given the signal to wrap this up. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate all your wonderful questions. Thank you so much, Rai. That was a wonderful subject. So, Did you get it, Bob? Yeah, it's great. I loved all the responses. There was a lot of value there. So, thank you, ladies. You were absolutely fabulous. So we just listened to a Q&A panel with five professional dominatrixes. I played the majority of it because I really enjoyed listening to it myself, and I hope that you enjoyed it as well. Next, I'm going to play a little bit, just about like 10 minutes or less of the beginning of a workshop called Sounding on a Budget. With me, as I was told last minute, I was teaching this class, so I don't have any examples of the stuff that I am telling you to use. So I have some examples of stuff that's like once you're done and you've got enough money saved up, this is the high end stuff you can you can purchase. Um, but this is more about trying things out because maybe you find out you don't want to do this, and so why spend all the big money? <laughs> um, that's kind of the point. Uh, and. Why else would you not want to, you know, get off on the cheap if you if you can and it's still safe? So I'm just gonna have Jocelyn set up here for a second. Everyone, this is Jocelyn, my demo bunny. <laughs> Everybody, clap, please. Thank you. The door closed. Closed. Probably, yeah, but she, it'll be able to get back. <laughs> I don't think it locks or anything. That would be scary. Ah. No, we'll wait. Oh, okay. Yeah, just, just sit. Okay. okay. So, um, I'm just going to go over, because we'll do a demo with um, real sounds. Uh, <laughs> not so that these aren't sound, but you're like, you know, common, um, more high professional sounds. <clears throat> okay, so let's go over. Tools of sounding on the budget. These are the various things that I have used for 
sounding and CBT. Crochet needles. Crochet needles can be bought in pretty much any craft store or knitting store or fabric store. They range in price from about one and a half dollars a piece. They usually come in a set of like five um, with gradients of diameter. Um, and you know, if they're like 150 a piece, you have five, that's like eight, nine, ten dollars. And then sometimes they have higher quality ones. Uh, the, our standard ones are usually in aluminum, kind of powder coated, uh, so they're light. <laughs> but they do have a nice like tapered end. So we're not using the hook end, obviously. <laughs> but they do have a nice tapered end. They come in a variety of diameters that you can buy in kind of like a starter kit and work your way up. Um, and it's, you know, $10, $12 out of your pocket. Um, this is a urethral sound kit, and these retail for about $100. Um, some go for a little bit more, some go for a little bit less, depending on if you have what's known as um, cervical dilators, which is different than uh, these kind of sounds, which now the name, the official name is escaping me. <coughs> My apologies. You're just sitting there. <laughs> Do we need a pillow? What was that? That's it. Sort of. Both of those sounds can be used for varying degrees of play. Um, again, depending on where your partner is in the spectrum um, and how much play they've done up to that point. <coughs> uh, I can also use knitting needles. Knitting needles tend to be a little bit of a larger diameter, so you don't usually start with those. Those are usually something you don't have you've been building up on sizes. Um, toothpicks is a fun one. When I say toothpicks, there are these um, little like fancy cocktail toothpicks that I can get at the dollar store. And they have sort of like a two-time like fork kind of so that's more for when they're really, like you're, you've already been playing um, for a while and um, also because it's made out of wood, it softens over time. You gotta keep in mind with that. We're gonna play with this one. All right. Um, Question. Yes. Um, wood is porous, is it not? Yeah. How do you sterilize something that is porous? Um, your body naturally expels a sterile material, it's called your urine, and so there's not a lot of like, when I use that, I'm, it's, it's like just a little bit, and it's more of like, kind of a tease. I'm not going to put it all the way in. Um, a Q-tip, however, I will put all the way in. Covered with lube. I am now leaving the DomCon convention. It was a really interesting experience. I really enjoyed looking at all of the things in the booths and, you know, all of the people dressed in their different outfits were really just looked great. This day, Sunday, was more just the booths were there selling floggers and whips and beautiful latex clothing and kinky everything basically and 
that was all fascinating and I loved looking at all of it. Yeah, it was kind of like a lot of great booths and a lot of people in really wonderful outfits expressing themselves. And yeah, so that was great to see. Oh, also when I was first arriving, it was so sweet. There was a woman who was there with her mother for Mother's Day, and which I know because she was talking to her friend and I overheard as I was standing in line and she was kind of exposing her mother to her community for the first time and it was just really sweet. I thought it was a really nice thing. So yeah, so she was bringing her mom. And I also, uh, I went to something that was pretty uncomfortable. Um, not because of what it was, but just because there was an audience member that kind of ruined the presentation. I went to a presentation on sounding, which I didn't know what that was until I started to learn about it in the presentation, <laughs> which is kind of what I was hoping to do. I didn't expect to know what I was getting into. I just wanted to go to whatever there was. and. This one was at 4.30, so I went to it. And so apparently sounding is inserting things into your ureth urethra, 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 whatever that word is, your, your dick hole. So I didn't know that that was a fetish or that that was a kink. I'm sure there's a lot of kinks that I don't know about, but I didn't know that that was one of them. There was maybe, well, there was supposed to be a live demonstration, and unfortunately, the presenter was put onto that, like, she was asked to present that class, or that seminar, rather, last minute, and she didn't have all of her supplies with her, so she didn't have the right kind of sanitary lube that she needed that had alcohol in it, and so they had a person that was going to, that they were going to demonstrate insertion of these sounding tools into his ureth urethra I can't say that word urethra 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 I can't say it and unfortunately the actual physical demonstration on their body didn't get to take place because of the lube the lube the lack of lube issue so they kind of just talked about it and talked about safety and I guess it was supposed to be sounding on a budget and they were so they were kind of talking about and this is where it got kind of uncomfortable so they were talking about different types of tools that you could use if you were trying to explore this kink and see if it was something that spoke to you and that you wanted to kind of invest in the tools and do it more seriously and so the presenter was trying to give options for how to do it on a budget and there was a professional another professional dominatrix in the audience and Oh, she was so difficult. She was just really combative towards the presenter. And every time the presenter would say something, she would raise her hand, sort of, but kind of just speak over her and would bring up all these safety issues that the presenter kept saying that she was about to get to. You know, so it just was very uncomfortable dynamics between this audience member, who was also a dom, and the presenter. And it actually was so uncomfortable that I had to leave. Anyway, so that happened. But the moral of this story is now I know what sounding is. And now maybe you know what sounding is if you didn't know what it was before. And apparently knitting needles were one of the things that were brought up 
by the presenter as a way to do sounding on a budget if you want to just kind of test it out and see if that's something that you're interested in versus having to invest in the kit, which is tends to be $100 or more, I guess. And the dominatrix woman in the audience had a lot of feelings about this knitting needle idea, including that typically sounding the insertion of whatever object is achieved by the weight of the object. So that's why it's helpful to generally have needles that are heavier, uh, you know, metal pointed objects that are non-porous, obviously, for sanitary reasons, um, that are heavy enough to where the weight of the actual object can drop it into your, here's this word that I can't pronounce again, urethra? urethra? <laughs> That's not too bad. And so, yeah, so it, I guess the weight of the object is very important in terms of the insertion process. So I guess I did learn something. Um, but apparently knitting needles, since they're so light, it's really hard because you don't want to just jam it in there too hard before your body is sort of relaxed a little bit, things like this. So all fascinating. I did enjoy also seeing people get walked on leashes. I thought that was pretty, just seeing that was really, I, I, was, I was, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. Also, it's weird for me to be doing, to just be talking on the show, because usually I have a guest co-host and I can kind of bounce ideas off of that person, and yeah, that's kind of how it goes for me, so if I seem a little bit like I'm not sure what to say, it's because I'm just talking to myself in my car right now, (laughs) and I'm not, although I do that sometimes as well, but I don't usually record it, so... Yeah, people are kind of interested in, you know, getting into the BDSM or King community, going to something like that can be a good way to just kind of speedway your, like, just learn a lot about a lot of different things based on looking at all the tools and all the clothing and all the, you know, play items. I learned a ton just by that. And then, yeah, all the seminars. And yeah, I mean, I had a good time. Okay, well, I think that's going to be it. Yes, thank you for listening. Sex questions? Love questions? Send me your submissions either as a text or voicemail to soulfriendradio at gmail.com. Please include your age and any information that you would like me to know about you. You can find more episodes of the show on Apple Podcasts. The show is recorded live at K-Chung Radio. Love you, K-Chung. Special thanks to my station manager, James Nelson. Thanks to 1,000 Birds. Our theme music is by BoomBit. Thanks for listening to Soul Friend Radio.